Hi, and welcome to another episode of What's the Worst That Could Happen. I'm your co-host, Dr. Sarah Gould, and with me, as always, is Dr. Russ Birdsall. Our podcast is about mindset, transformation, and habits to level up your life. This is episode seven. Topic for today will be identifying what is stopping you from true success. So, Dr. Birdsall, you're the one that came up with this. Uh, what what instigated this idea of identifying what's stopping you? I think it came from, you know, when, so we know I've got my office in Missouri, right? Yes. And I've got an associate that's out there um, and we coach her. And she's, she's improving a lot. So I'm going to say since the last time I talked about her, she's improved a ton. That's um, amazing. But there's always something, you know, like we want her to do the little things, right? To stay, to stay mobile, right? Like we know that if you're stagnant, your business will be stagnant. If you're stagnant, your life will be stagnant. Like whatever, whatever you're trying to do, if you just keep doing, you know, stuff that, just makes you look busy but doesn't function then our businesses are going to be stagnant and you know and I think it was I asked her and I I talked to her and I said why what did I say to her I think I said something like you know I wanted to know why she doesn't want to go hand out flyers why do you not want to you know do these things and it came down to the fact that you know, these aren't activities that she's comfortable with, but I said, you know, it doesn't matter if you're comfortable with them because we have to do things that are uncomfortable, right? If we're going to progress anywhere. Um, but it just came down to the fact that she was standing in her way mm. of success. And so we had to break those barriers down to say, okay, what parts of you is what part of you is in the way? Like what is what, in the way? What did it take for her to realize that she was standing in her own way? She's still working on it. <laughs> um, but has she like said, I know that this is me? Yeah, I think it's, so what she found out is because she doesn't own the practice, right? It's mm -hmm. me and my business partner own the practice. She's the doctor working out there. And we want her, we want her to buy it from us eventually. Mm -hmm. Like that's the whole reason why we got this, right? Um, and so I think her mindset of this isn't my practice, so I don't have to do all the mm. things that I have to. She didn't say that, but it became that kind of an attitude of like, well, this is my practice versus yeah. employee. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's a whole different mind when it comes to being an employee versus an owner. When you're an employee, mm -hmm. you just go and do what the owner tells you to do. When you're the owner, you have to go and figure out what the hell to do. That's the hard part. Right. And so here we are, me and my, me and my buddy going, we know what it takes to grow a business. All you got to do is just do what the fuck we tell you to do. You know, you know what I mean? And so, so she's, um, she realized that um, she doesn't like handing out those flyers because she's got, she's got this, this desire to people please, mm -hmm. you know, she doesn't like the judgment. She doesn't like, you know, that kind of stuff. And I think it came down to the fact that she's just like one, one place she dropped it off. I just looked at her, said, thank you, crumpled it up in front of her and threw it in the garbage. 
mm. like the flyer. And she took that personal. And I, you know, for me, I'd be like, oh, okay, bye. Like never talk to you again kind of people, right? But for her, it cut it down like it was a personal attack on her, you know? And so that was something yeah. where I had to talk to her and be like, hey, listen, it has nothing to do with you. It has the fact that just just the person, right? It doesn't, doesn't mean anything when they crumple that up. It's not like they're going, oh, this stupid chick, why is she in here handing me this stupid flyer? She's an idiot. It's It's not that at all. And so once she kind of was like, okay with that, I think it got a little bit easier. But I also told her, I was like... Mm you can't be above all the little things to be able to get a business to grow. You have to be okay with the little things. You cannot be above one thing or another when it comes to growing your business. So if you feel like you're too good to hand out flyers, that's a problem, mm -hmm. you know? And if mm -hmm. it's like, no, that's, that's peasants work, right? Like that's not how this works. Like you, you need to get your hands dirty. So I have a question for you. We're talking about, you know, her having that realization and you kind of coaching her to the realization that she was really what was getting in the way of her success. What do you think that this experience has done for you in terms of your own success, having someone like this to mentor and nurture has it changed like your perspective? Has it changed the way you do business? Has it changed your mindset? Like, because this is a, I think it's a learning and growing opportunity for you too. And I'm just curious what it's done for you, if anything. You know, it, it's definitely increased my, um, my patience load. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, Cause I'm a, this is what I want to do. I'm going to go, I'm going to go this way. If mm -hmm. I hit something, I'm going to go a different direction, but I'm still going to mm -hmm. keep going that way. Right. Um, so it's really, it's really sat down and made me think a little bit, um, a little bit differently from a woman's perspective as a doc. Right. That's fair. Um, because you, as a, as a man, you go through and, and just, people inherently go, Oh, you're a doctor and you're a man. I'm going to trust you. Right. And they won't do it for women, which I, I knew it was there, but I didn't know how mm. intense it was. Right. And it was when I got, um, this doc in there, she would be like, Oh, I, I got people saying that they, they don't trust me because I'm a woman. And at first I was like, eh, just, they're just being stupid. Like just, you know, fluff it off, deal with it. No big deal. Right. Um, but then it kept happening and people were going, you know, when they'd come in, they'd be like, Oh, you're going to be able to adjust me. Like you're a, you're a female. Like, how is that going to work? You know? And then I sat back and I went, these fucking assholes. Like what the hell? Like women can do just as good as chiropractors as, as men can. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what in the hell? So I had to look at it from that perspective. And so mm. I think what's helped me is going, okay, I'm going to go hand out flyers in my brain as a female. What kind of obstacles am I going to run into? You know, what oh, kind of things yeah. am I going to run into? Yeah. And and so, so it's it, like switching your paradigm of it's yeah. not just handing out flyers like you would. Yeah. It's really thinking about what that looks like for her as a woman in her profession. Yeah. And what I, cool. what I come to realization is I went, Yeah. I'm going to walk in there and people aren't going to take me serious or they're going to think that I'm an associate or an assistant to the doctor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
you know, because that's what a majority of people think is that mm -hmm. when a female walks in and I can't tell you, and then thinking back on school, you know, and I got all these, all these friends of mine that are females that are doctors and they're just like, Oh, I'm Dr. So-and-so. And, and people go, you're a doctor. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck, man? And so, so it's just, I think that's been the biggest thing for me is to really look at it from the perspective of a female professional. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that's given well, me a and big honestly, seeing what success looks like through anyone's eyes is a challenge because I think, you know, we have our own like individual criteria for success. Like I will know I'm successful at my business if X, Y, and Z, but I think sometimes when we're like coaching and advising and supporting other people, it's hard not to just put our own ideas of success in their like try and shove it down their throat. Right. It's much harder for us to, like you said earlier, be patient. Right. Listen and really think about like what what is their lived experience? Because my my definition of success, if I have not clearly articulated that to them, is impossible for them to know what it yeah. looks like unless I. When said I think it. it, I think it comes down to identifying the things that not only like what does success look like? Like, like we have a, so I have a pre-qualification process in my office, right? Mm -hmm. So we'll get people on the phone and just pre-qualify them for care. We got to make sure that they're a good fit for the office. That's right. something that we can take care of those kind of things. And one of my questions is in your mind, what does it look like in your mind, in your life? If this was to be resolved, what does that look like? So that gives me an idea on what their success looks like. Oh, that's really cool. Right. And so that way, you know, if they're, if they're saying success to me is I'm sleeping eight hours without waking up. Right. But if I didn't know that, that that's, that's like their big hit, right. Is that then them being able to play with their kids more them being able to, you know, mm -hmm. do their job better without pain, them being out of pain doesn't really mean as much as I slept eight hours without waking up. Right. Right. And so I think that's what, so what I did with her was say, okay, what are the things that make you go like, get super excited and go, hell yeah, I'm ready to go to work. Like, this is going to mm -hmm. be fun. Instead of feeling like this is a job that you got to go nine to five. Right. So I said, when you're talking about marketing, what do you like to do? And I'm going to tell you, this is, you know, not every female, but most females are very social. They like to get together. They like to, you know, talk to people and they like to just, you know, have get togethers. And so, you know, for me, most of my practice is female. So I'm I'm familiar with that because when I would go and do, you know, my taco Tuesdays or any sort of in-office event, 90% mm -hmm. uh, of the people that were there were female. And so I said, do you enjoy, you know, doing kind of get togethers and and things like that. And she goes, yes, I do. She's like charcuterie boards and all these things. Right. And so I said, okay, well then it's time to start having events in the office. And I want you to plan those events and I want you to get those events rolling and those kind of things. And it was like a freaking light bulb went off and she's like, okay, yeah, I could do that. And so all of a sudden it's like, Hey, we got a CPR course that's going to be done in the office you know, in a month. Mm. And here's some other things that I want to do. Um, what do you think? Right. And there's some of them are like, okay, I've done that. Here's the success rate. 
let's try to take a different view on it. Right. Um, but those are the things that I think, you know, when we, when we bring it back into trying to figure out what, like what is in the way, like what part of you is in the way of you being successful. I think for, for me personally, it's looking at things going, what do I love to do? Right. And what do I not love to do? But then it comes down to, you know, like what we're going through is the, the quadrant loves, right. Mm -hmm. Which, which one are we going into? And so what I told her, I was like, what are the things that you don't like to do, but you have to do right. Mm -hmm. The things that you have to do. Um, and it just comes down to just getting out of your way and just going, look, I have to do these in order for me to be able to do what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And it was the realization of that for her, I think. Well, and I also think like, you know, the question of like identifying what's stopping you from success, what you just named is she, you helped her see what success looks like. That's like step one mm -hmm. is in order to identify what's going to stop you like, cause we should always identify proactively. What are the barriers to my success going to be? You said you got her excited about something. You made a connection with her and mm -hmm. she was able to see herself being successful because you got her excited about something that she enjoys doing. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, now she can see her criteria for success is this event. And she probably already was like, storming in her brain about what that could look like but then the next step i think becomes now what can we anticipate the barriers being mm -hmm. to getting there because i think what happens for me is what stops me from being successful is not anticipating the challenges ahead mm -hmm. so that when the challenge hits me right in the face usually like smack in the or punch me right in the face it's because I haven't done the pre-work of being like, all right, I know that success looks like being able to travel once a month um, to deliver training. Great. Okay, cool. What happens when that travel also involves moving around a lot and my knee hurts really bad? Well, if I don't plan for that, mm -hmm. that success isn't going to be possible. So I think yeah. like naming it and then saying, these are potential barriers. My knee is not going to get better from the procedure that I had. Um, I'm going to get too much business and not be able to travel at all. The cost of travel might be, you know, astronomical. But again, if we don't like, I think if we don't name the things that are stopping us ahead of time, before they stop us, success is 10 times harder. Yeah. And I think it's also, you sparked the thought like, yeah. Going back to, to Les Brown. Um, oh, yeah. The biggest thing, you know, not only identifying, you know, what we're just talking about, but it's also identifying if you are, um, if you are scared of failure or you're scared of success. Because I feel like Let's there's a combination. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's so talk there's about a, it. What do you mean? Tell me. So there's that, that fear of failure, right? Like, yeah people are like, Oh, I don't want to fail. And so not everybody, but a lot of people just won't do it out of fear of failure. Right. Yeah. Because they're, you know, they're like, Oh, what is it? It's going to make me look like a piece of crap. I'm not going to be able to be, you know, a yeah. successful person. So like that, right. And we, 
And we talk about fear of failure a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But what we don't talk about a lot in society or anywhere is really the fear of success. Yeah. Right. And like what Les Brown says is, what if I get successful and I can't handle it? Right. Like, and there's, I'm going to tell you, there's a part of me when I first started business where success scared the living shit out of me. Not only yes. because, not only because it's getting successful and not being able to handle it, but you have this stigma that anyone successful and rich is a douchebag. And I don't want to be a douchebag. <laughs> you know true. what I mean? And so I'm like, I don't want to change. Yeah. I don't want to be the different dude. Right. And everything else. Mm -hmm. But it was when I got over that fear of success and be like, you know what, dude, it's okay to be successful just because you're rich. Doesn't mean you're a douchebag. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't consider myself rich by any way, shape or form, but I'm like, you don't have to change who you are based on the money you make. Right. And someone told me, they go, just because a rich dude doesn't really give you the time of day you think he should doesn't mean that he's a douchebag. It just means that he's on a higher level and has other things to do. You know, I'm like, yeah, but you can still not be a douchebag. Like we said <laughs> hi to people. But he was <laughs> but, still a dick. <laughs> yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like, you know, when you level up, right. Those that you love or those that are in your life are either going to go with you or they're going to stay. Yeah. Right. And sometimes when, you know, we level up and, that's and we run scary into people. Too. Oh, I wonder if yeah. that, like, I wonder if that's part of like being afraid of success is that you're worried who's going to be to the left and right of you and who are you going to leave behind? Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of these guys do is when they level yeah. up, yeah. they just find a different group. Right. So, and that's scary. Oh, I it's think super it's scary. scary. Like, I will tell you, I don't know if you experienced this when you, cause you went off on your own right away after college mm -hmm. to start your own practice. Um, when I started in February doing my own thing, I had people that I love in my life, like very deeply and have deep admiration for say to me, well, you know, that's really risky. Mm -hmm. And have you thought about a backup plan? Or how long do you think that will last? Comments that I never thought would come out of their mouth. Yeah. But it was almost like, I wonder if they were afraid of my success because it meant changing my relationship with them. I don't be. know, but it's like, they, it, it was almost like, I don't. They're scared for you. Right. Yeah. But I, I wonder if it's, it's like, I wonder if it's not even like a fear of failure, but they were afraid of what my success might look like yeah, because I've I'm... also heard comments from friends that have said, Oh, you've got, you know, cause I have some big, bigger clients now. And I've heard people say, Oh, well you have X, Y, and Z. You're just going to be this blah, 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 blah. And it's like, that's, that's you being a dick, but it's mm -hmm. coming from a place of fear that I'm not going to be able to have the same relationship I had with you. Yeah, no, I've had a lot of people go, Oh, now that you're, now that you're a doctor, you know, are you going to be this douchebag? Yeah, and, like, well, yeah. and I look at it now and or I like go, doubted your ability to yeah. be successful, which is shocking <laughs> to me when people you love doubt your ability to be successful. Yeah. But that's, that's about them being afraid. Right. Well, yeah, and I think they don't like people don't like change. Right. Nobody likes change. Yeah. And so, well, not nobody. Me, I love change because I mean, you know, I'm always yeah. moving something around. So jump in the fire. I know. And um you know, but a lot of people don't like change, right? And so 
I think when they see that and they see, oh, this person's getting really successful, but we've been friends for X amount of years. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, I don't want them to be successful and leave me behind, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, look, I'm going to be successful whether you like it or not. You're either coming with me or you're staying back here. You know, that's the attitude that I've had to take because I've lost, I've lost a lot of friends over the years from, from stuff like this. Right. And well, and I and wonder just, if, if losing those friends and losing those relationships sometimes hinder, hinder our ability to be successful because it's hard. You know, it, I think it can be, but I also think it's, it's better to, to yeah. wean those guys out. Right. Like the people, you know, it's, it's like the, I don't know. It's like the sinking boat, right? Like, yeah, you know, or you're a lifeguard and you're trying to save somebody and they're like climbing all over you to get over. What do you do? You punch them in the face <laughs> so they get off you and hopefully knock yeah. them out and then right, you can drag right. them to shore, right? Yeah. But you know, it's just one of those things where we, we get held back by so many people that um, because it's our comfort zone, that's where we're comfortable. We're comfortable with our people. We're comfortable with our group. Right. And then when you leave that group and go to a different group, you're like, oh shit, am I going to be accepted in this group? Yeah. Right? So comfort zone is a barrier that yeah. definitely would stop you from being successful. One- it's almost like I keep thinking about these yin and yangs of like, mm-hmm. if you, if you can get past this, this means success. If you can get past this, this means success. Comfort you know, versus new, you know, for, for the longest time. So I had two things on my phone um for the longest time on my screen one of them was a drawing and it was um two circles right one big circle and then one little circle outside the circle right and what that meant to me was that success is right outside your comfort zone mm, right i like that and so so i would always have those two circles um and that would remind me that you know what if you want to if you want to get to the little circle you have to get outside the big circle the big circle yeah. right the other thing is I had um I had a cork, like a wine cork on my uh, wallpaper. And what that meant to me, and I always put rise up on that because no matter how far down you pull that cork into water, as soon as you let go of the weight, what happens to cork? Mm-hmm. It's gonna shoot right back up, right? That's what it does. And so it was one of those again reminders to say, okay, no matter. Okay, another Les Brown quote, because he's he's my dude, right? Mm. That it was one of those, um, no matter how bad it gets, um, or hard or how hard it is or how bad it gets, I'm gonna make it, right? Mm-hmm. So it was always that rise at the top, mm-hmm. regardless of what situation comes, you just gotta be that cork, right? And I think realizing these things that are that you're in your way because of what's between your ears, as soon yes. as you clear that up. It's freaking amazing. Yeah. I have a, uh, to your point about the, um, having something on your phone or, or visual, I think it's just such a, it's such an effective practice, but I have one. Uh, so if you're watching this, you're lucky cause you can see it, but it's just a little cheery background and it says, I am safe. And it's a reminder to me that even when it feels hard, even when it's uncomfortable, even if there's an unknown, I'm still safe. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to die from this. Like, so I'm going to just push until the very, very edge. And then I'm going to push some more because ultimately I am safe. It is okay to keep going. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my reminder that I just like, I can push really hard. 
I'm still okay. It's still me. I'm still safe. What I love about it is that's that's so fucking you. Like that picture, that whole picture is like you for sure. I know. It's right? it's definitely a Sarah vibe. Yeah, I know. It's really funny because I had a lot of people when they, you know, look at my phone, you know, I'd open my phone up and they'd see those two circles. I'm like, what is that? Yeah. I was like, you're not ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> you're not ready for it. I love that. Yeah. And, that's uh, great so but then a, a, you a should have like, that as a poster in your office and have like no context to it and then when people ask just be like you're not ready for it i'm i'm gonna do it. i'm gonna make a poster with two circles then <laughs> that's it. it and then it. i'm gonna ask <laughs> but it was one of those things then i then i told people you know that really dug at me and they're like hey what is that i don't understand what this is and i was like this just means that success is right outside your comfort zone and they're like, well, my comfort zone is really big. I was like, yeah, but you'll never hit success. doesn't matter yeah. how big your comfort zone success right. is always going to move away from it. Yeah, you have to feel uncomfortable. It has to feel unsteady. But that's why like I have to, when I'm moving, like right now is really tough building my own business and not having like stable weekly mm -hmm. income or whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I say to myself, but you are safe. Yeah. It's yeah. uncomfortable and it's hard and it sucks, but you are safe. Yeah. And I can't, I can't tell you how many times I'm like, man, I wish, I wish that comfort zones and success were like positive, negative batteries. Right. And oh just, my gosh. Right. But they're not. No. Right. It's two positives or two negatives. And it doesn't matter how big you make that circle, that success circle is always going to get pushed farther away from it. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing is that, you know, that's why I've got the quotes on my mirror in the morning and then those things, because I got to remember, like, the only person that's actually in my way of succeeding isn't the patients coming in the door or not coming in the door, the True. money that's in or out of my bank account, True. the people I do or don't talk to. Mm -hmm. It's me. It's only me, right? I'm the only one that is going to keep me from getting to the next level. Because nobody's going to stand in my way because who gives a shit? They don't care. Yeah. Right. Well, it's no one is matter. ever going to care for you and your success as much as you are. Oh, not at all. Even the people that you love the most in this world, they just aren't because it's not them. Agreed. You know, people, everybody needs their own success in there. And and it's funny because it's like, you know, people are like, oh, I support you. I'm like, okay, cool. Right. Like support me. I appreciate that. But the biggest thing, so you see those guys that have small businesses, right? Um, you know, chiropractors, people that, you know, sell, you know, jewelry or shirts that they make or whatever else. People won't go and support these businesses, but they'll go buy crap from Nike, from Adidas, from all these other places that, you know. Um, all the that, time? Yeah. You know, that's just what it is. And it's like, I love how you tell me you support me. Why don't you show me you support me? Yeah. <laughs> right. Send me people. Right. Mm -hmm. So for you, like send me people to coach, right. Those kind of things. Like, and that's the thing or, or, or do something that helps me get to the next level of success. Show me that support. Don't tell me. Right. 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 But again, it comes down to the fact that nobody's going to care. Like you said, nobody's going to care as much as you do. No one's going to, it's like, no one's going to advocate the way you do. No one is going to invest the time. No one is going to be more afraid. No one is going to push themselves, doubt themselves more than you. Yeah. And, you know, I hear it all the time, especially as a woman, it comes up in my 
mm-hmm. circle of you know research and and colleagues professionally is this idea of imposter syndrome mm-hmm. and the belief that you you know when you do get success no matter how small or big it is you immediately think that you don't deserve it you immediately think that something bad is going to happen and it's all going to crumble down because I don't deserve to be in this room. I don't deserve to make this money. I don't deserve to have this title, this car, this office, this blah, blah, blah. I would say a fear of imposter syndrome or the act of having imposter syndrome is a huge barrier to breaking that ceiling, that wall Mm -hmm. to true success. Because you get a taste of it and you get super fucking scared and then you run away. Yeah. Let's talk about it. I think that's, that's, that's a big damn key because that imposter syndrome is so fucking real. It is so real, man. So yeah, let's talk. How do you, so how do you break that barrier? That's the question is how do you, how do you get past that feeling like you are worthy? I'll tell you a hack that I do that that helps me tremendously. I get imposter syndrome all the time. Case in point, this morning, I was interviewing, uh, doing some intake interviews for a company, um, multi-billion dollar company, an executive at this company across, you know, an eight hour time difference from me, very wealthy, very successful. And I'm asking him questions and getting his response. Um, He is a participant of mine. And immediately I go into the call, like thinking I'm not worthy of this. I shouldn't be on this call. There should be a professional doing this. And I literally, what I do, this is what I have to do is I have to like name it as, okay, I am feeling like an imposter. And then the second thing that I have to do is I have to say to myself, what are the facts? The facts are this company hired you based on your experience. The facts are you are no more worthy or educated than anyone else who could be doing this role right now. This person may be by title intimidating, but they are just another human being and you're just having a human experience with them and asking them some questions. That's it. That's all this is. So I have to list the evidence that's in front of me and it helps me move past that imposter syndrome. Like I have to name it though, or -hmm. that shit will sit on my brain, but it's, I've gotten really good to it, it to the point where as soon as he got on the call, it's like all of that melted away. I was super confident, nailed the, the interview. We had a great conversation but it's because, but I had to check myself. Yeah. And no, you I like have that. to list the facts. I feel like you have to do that because that's like a, it's like brain dumping. Right. But like without writing it down, because there's yeah. so many people, like I had a, I had a life coach, love her to death. She, she's like, you need to brain dump. And I'm like, whatever the hell that means. Right. She's like, write it down, rip it up, throw it away. Right. Yeah. So I was never really good at doing that. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to sit down and write shit down mm-hmm. and then throw it in the garbage. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think the key point, right, is anybody that has that imposter syndrome who's who's successful. I think the key to that is to recognize a couple things, right? First, recognize for me. So this is what. So when I 
you know, when I got invited to go teach at the Colorado Chiropractic Association convention, right? Like that to me, I'm like, what the, why yeah. are they inviting me? Right. Yeah. You know, and, and so then I'm going, oh, it's because, you know, someone canceled last minute and you're like, you know, bottom of the oh. barrel, last <laughs> person to get a hold of, right. Stuff like that. And so I had to sit back and be like, wrong. Right. They're asking me to teach because I know what the hell I'm talking about and I know what I'm teaching about. Mm-hmm. And so I have to sit back and go, okay, you are not what you think you are, mm-hmm. right? You are not this guy that's at the bottom of the barrel, the last one picked at dodgeball, right? Those <laughs> kind of things, right? Yeah. You're not that guy. <clears throat> you are now not the backup. You are the speaker. You are mm-hmm. not, you never were a backup and they could have, they could have asked anybody to speak. Mm-hmm. But they Thousands asked you speak, of people. Yeah. Right. And, um, then the other thing that I, that I do is I, you know, anytime I get this as I go, you know, when I do seminars or when I do any of that mm-hmm. stuff is I'm going, these people pay to listen to you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and I don't, I don't, I don't think it's an, uh, a pride thing. It's, it's more no. of a kind of, it strokes my ego a little bit to go. It's a oh, fact geez. though. Right. Yeah, no, it All is. All you're doing is you're stating a fact. Right. And so then I just go, okay, it's not as bad now, mm-hmm. right? Because because they're here f- for me. You know, they're not here out of you know, no choice of theirs. They chose right. to listen to what I have said. And so that's really helped me out. And I do that with my patients too. When I get, you know, higher end athletes to come in here, I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> like, am I even worthy to have this dude walk through my doors? Right. But at the end of the day, it's like, they came to you because of the skills that you have. Yeah. So recognize because your of your skills. reputation, mm-hmm. because of your expertise. Yeah. 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 And I tell people all the time, and I and I tell docs this, you know, I got a new doc that I'm I'm mentoring out in Oklahoma. He just bought a practice. And uh he goes, he goes, dude, I don't have all the things that you have. I don't know what to do, you know, with this. And I was like, let's just break it down, dude. He goes, I'm not, I've never owned a practice before. I just worked as an associate doc. Now I'm, now I'm the head doc. I was like, stop. You were the, you were the doctor, you know, you're, you're not the, there is no, even when you're an associate, there is no head doctor, associate doctor, like Mm -hmm. you're to the patients you treat, you are the doctor. So I was like, get that out of your head. And I said, and you don't need all this flashy shit and equipment to be successful. I said, there's so much free marketing out there, dude. All you got to do is just have the balls to put yourself out into the community. Yeah. And I was like, you already do that shit because you're a firefighter. You're a, you know, volunteer firefighter. You're out in the community all the time. So you got the balls to do it. But when it comes to practice, your balls shrivel. <laughs> so I was like, bring your outside balls to your inside balls. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so An exchange and of balls as it was. Yes. Right. Yes. And and so I told, I told him, he goes, but I'm not good at these extremities adjustments and stuff. I was like, dude, you just joined the program, right? I've just started teaching you a little bit, but here's the deal. You already know 90% more than all the other chiropractors in your community because they never found it worth their time right. to learn. So, so it's just kind of funny. It's, you know, you got to switch your, you got to switch your brain into well, that. And that imposter syndrome is just paralyzing. And don't you also feel like 
this isn't like true success does not happen in a vacuum like if you don't talk through how you're feeling with someone like i'm scared as shit to be doing this or like i'm feeling impostures like if you can't process or have like a a team of people to support you it's also 10 times harder because you don't have the ability to be vulnerable with them and so you're just Mm -hmm. trying to figure out and navigate it all in your head what's a scary Mm -hmm. place to be if you get trapped in your head too long you need other people to be like shut the hell up what you're saying isn't true get out of your head state the facts yeah you know so like what you're doing for that doctor in oklahoma to just say like over in this area you're fine but the minute you get in your office what's happening like if you didn't have that conversation with him it could have taken him months to figure that out right and, and people it's ask hard me to do yeah and a lot of people just aren't blunt with people and i don't know how to not right. be right yes and so but going back to you you know the support team right it's Sometimes you just need someone to grab you by the freaking cheeks and go, hey, everything's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. You know what you're doing. Everything's going to work out. Sometimes you just need that person to go, calm down. Everything's fine. Yeah. Right. And that, that's the hard part is trying to find a support team that will do that. Yep. And be like. And do it unconditionally. Yes. Yes. And Not just without... to do it because you told them to do it. And without bullshit like without bullshitting you is Mm -hmm. I think critical because you know what we were talking about earlier I and then I think that I don't know I think you also have to be open to the fact that your support team changes as your success changes and evolves and that's okay too yeah yeah you know there's hard hard things come with success there's there's no way around it like so you have to be, you know, if we're going to talk about getting out of the way so that we can be successful in life, it's you have to, number one, like you talked about, you have to visualize and know in your brain what does success look like, right? Mm-hmm. But number two, I think is a really important step of going, if I lose X person or these people or this group because of my success, I'm okay with that. Right. You have to come to the grips of being okay to lose people in your life. Mm-hmm. Because if you want to reach the goal you want to reach, you're going to have the people that are going to tell you, do you have a plan B? Mm-hmm. Right. And guess what plan B is? It's plan A always. So if you don't have a plan B, then there won't be a plan B. Right. So just for me, just put, put yourself into that that uncomfortable zone to get rid of that plan B plain and simple. You know, I, the other thing I'll add about, you know, this question of identifying what's stopping you from success is, and I think we've talked about this honestly with pain before, but I think you have to grieve the loss of the idea you had in your head about what success looked like, because maybe you started your career And I mean, I started my career as a teacher Mm -hmm. and then I was a principal and and I thought I was convinced that by my age, I would be a superintendent running a school district. That, that was success to me. That was the pinnacle top of my career. Mm -hmm. And my career did not do that. 
going to central administration broke me. Mm -hmm. So part of getting through to my next success goal, which I didn't know what it would be, was grieving the loss of the idea that I had about what I thought success should be in my life. It ended up not being at all what I mm -hmm. thought it would look like. And that's okay too. So it's also like recognizing that like the way I define success has changed and that's okay. But I have to yeah. grieve the loss of those old ideas. Sometimes it means grieving the loss of people in your life that are not going to follow behind you or mm -hmm. be on your side. So I think grief there's, there's an element of grief in all of this, you know, there's anger mm -hmm. and frustration and, and being afraid and feeling like an imposter, but there's also like a sadness that yeah. you have to work through. And I think to go along with that, there's a guilt component too. Yes. Like you cannot feel guilt is like the worst thing on the planet. Right. Mm -hmm. Because that'll eat you alive. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're successful and then you're like, Oh, I feel guilty. Cause like I'm successful, but my so-and-so is not successful or this right. person's not successful, whatever. And it makes you feel guilty that you're mm -hmm. successful, right? There's, that's probably one of the harder things to do is get rid of that guilt, right? Because it comes from these unrealistic or unfulfilled <laughs> expectations that we've put on ourselves of how we're supposed to be. And comparisons. And, oh, comparison syndrome is bad. And so, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, Go ahead and feel guilty that you're successful. Fine. But make it only last for five minutes, right? Mm -hmm. Be guilty. Be like, oh, these poor guys, they're not as successful as me. Oh, well, you know, whatever. This is my life, right? Like, this is this is the life that I have chosen. And these people have chosen not to follow steps in their life, right? And it's And it's especially difficult if it's family, right? If it's you know, mm -hmm. certain family members or, you know, people that you're close to really close friends. Like I lost Absolutely. a really close friend, you know, I, I lost a really, a friend that lived with me for a while when I was in high school, live with my family. Um, and it's so funny. I think about our interaction and there was a lot of arrogance with this kid, right? This, this dude, like I've known him for years and he just became this big, arrogant douchebag. Like he's so much better than everybody else. Right. And I'm like, this was probably seven years ago and I haven't talked to him since. Right. Um, but he was like, we went to lunch and he was like taking phone calls, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I just sat back and I went, what the fuck, dude, what is wrong with you? Like, oh, I haven't seen you in four years. So lame. Yeah. And you're like, I don't know. And you're like, treat me like I'm just some piece of shit that you just did this out of, I don't know. You felt sorry for me. So you wanted to come right. see me kind of a thing. Right. And I went, what the fuck dude. And then I sit back and I think about it. Now I think about the situation now and I go, yeah, some of the stuff he did was douchebaggery, right? Like I'm not going to get around the fact that like, you don't answer phone calls, right? When you're, you're taking lunch with somebody, right? Um, you don't start busting out your laptop and you start doing some typing oh, in the middle geez. of a lunch with somebody. Like you don't do that shit. Like I don't care. Right. Don't make yourself look busy or more important than you actually are. Right. Like, but the thing is, is I look back at it now and, make, and I go, maybe there was a portion of him that leveled up, left me behind. And this was my response to his level up, even though some of it was douchebaggery. Right. But 
you know, at the same point, then we've never contacted each other since. Yeah. And I go, maybe, maybe that's the reason, right? Yeah. It could so I don't, be. I don't fault him. It's fine. Like I wish him the utmost success in life. Right. But I am not going to be in that circle. And I had to come to grips of that. Mm -hmm. I had to be okay with that. Right. But then there's like people like you and I were, we've talked about this where it almost feels like we're on a, like the same kind of like plane of existence. Like mm -hmm. there's people existing down here. There's people existing up here and like, we're on the same plane. Some it, it's like a magnet, like people that are like-minded do they like tend to gravitate towards each other mm -hmm. because they're all, they're all hungry for that same hit oh, of yeah. success and independence and freedom, you know? Um, and what's hard is when you got somebody that's on the lower level, it's really, and you're trying to pull them really to that, hard to, to not. And it's, it's hard to not feel like, I have people in my life like that now, and it's hard not to feel resentful and mm -hmm. it's hard not to feel, um, anger. Like I get really angry. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's challenging. Yeah. Um, but it's part of growing and it's part of yeah. like, you could succumb to it and just go back down. Yeah. You know what I've realized? Always a choice you could make. Yeah. What I've realized is, you know what? I'm just going to continue going on my path and I will not wait for them to catch up. Right? Well, yeah, you, can, you have wait. to keep moving. Yeah. Keep going. And so it's one of those, instead of trying to pull right them to your, to your level of wherever you're at, it's like, you know what, they'll, they'll get here eventually. Mm -hmm. Right. Or they and may not, like, or they may not. Right. But I got to be okay with it. And I think it's my desire to watch people be successful and help people yes. be successful yes. where I'm like, all you got to do is just do this <laughs> one little thing. That's all I want you to do. And then they don't do it. And you go, I hope you die in a fire. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and you get, you get so mad. I think that's why you're a good coach though. And I think that's why you've had to learn a lot of patience is because you're willing to not the, the key is you're not sacrificing yourself by trying to help them. Right. Yeah, and and I, I tell everybody strike like a good balance of that. Well, and it's fun, and that's why I enjoy our conversations because I think you and I are very similar in this mm -hmm. aspect of of what mm -hmm. we do. And it's one of those things where it's like, why can't you be successful? Like we went through the same shit. Just listen to us, right? But everybody's in their everybody's in their their point in their life where they're gonna be right now. They may not be ready for the point of life that we're in, right? right. And so it's just coming to grips and being okay with losing yourself and leaving people behind Ooh. and not feeling guilty for it. I love that. Yeah, you do. You, there is an element of yourself that you have to lose in order to level up. Yeah, you have to. Like I've, I could not be where I'm at now if I had the same mentality I had nine years ago, no. 10 years ago, right? No, because Absolutely what do people, not. what do people say? If I could go back to when I was X yeah. amount of years with the knowledge I have now, mm -hmm. right? And that's the thing is you're never going to, you're never going to be able to do that. The only thing yeah. you can do now is leave all that shit behind 
and go forward, use it as the knowledge of learning, right? And just, you know, don't touch a hot stove. It's not like you're sitting there going, man, if I was four years old, I go back and I tell myself <laughs> not to touch that hot stove, right? No, it's, it's you're going to go, that's hot. Nine yeah. times out of 10, when something's glowing red, don't touch it, right? <laughs> so, so yeah. That's great. Well, I've really appreciated this episode with you and hopefully our listeners and viewers have come away with just even one or two things that you can consider uh, when thinking about your success and what's getting in the way. Uh, it sounds like for us, mm-hmm. 99% of the time, it's just you. 100%. Get out well, of here. 99.99,000%. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Until next time, guys.